what God's about to do in our finances. Come on, somebody say, my money's about to change. Whew, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about it. And we give God glory for that. All right, Psalm 46, verse number 10, verse number 11. The word of the Lord reads, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. Say, the Lord is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Sunday, we talked about uh, the connection between uh, the word of the Lord and worship. We started out with that on Sunday and talked about how worship is vital to us as Christians because if you're going to be a worshiper, you have to have a base of the word inside of you in order to be a true worshiper. And so I think what, one of the things as I was just going back and listening over uh, the sermon on Sunday, one of the things that the Holy Spirit impressed upon me to remind, remind the people of God is that when we are um, reading and studying the word, it's not out of duty or obligation. We study and read the Bible because that is our connection to God. And so anytime you feel like you're doing it out of obligation because I don't want nobody asking me and I, and I say, no, I didn't pray this week or I didn't read my word, then your motives are wrong for reading and studying. There has to be a love inside of you that is developed for the word of God because you want a relationship and you want the relationship that you have to deepen and to grow with God. Somebody say that comes through the word. We talked about that. We talked about being faithful to the word of God. And we talked about that. That's the way that God deepens our relationship with him is through the word of God. And then it leads us into worship. So if there's no base of the word of God, you're going to have a hard time moving into, into being a worshiper. Because worship is something that has to, that has to uh, become your lifestyle. It has to become a part of who you are. Just like you wake up in the morning and you get dressed and you do your hair and you prayerfully wash up. <coughs> prayerfully. <laughs> prayerfully you wash up. Uh, a lot of these things should be second nature for us as adults. You know, children, you got to remind them, hey, did you brush your teeth? They're like, oh, nah, I didn't do that. And go back in that bathroom and get a brush and wash up. Did you wash under your arms? You put on deodorant? See, we have to ask them those things. But as an adult. Y'all be making me nervous. Like, y'all looking like, y'all ain't nobody saying nothing. Everybody's looking like, oh. As an adult, there, there are some things that ought to be just second nature. When you walk in a room full of other adults, you say, good afternoon, good morning. It's manners. Amen. Some things that somebody say, second nature. Worship for us ought to be second nature because, because of the foundation that God puts in us and we put in ourselves through the word of God. So the more word I study, the more it's easier for me just to worship God throughout my day. It's e say worship becomes easy. Come on, y'all say worship becomes easy when I learn to love the word. And so when, when, whenever, whenever there's a struggle for the word of God, whether it's reading it, studying it, meditating on it, thinking about it, talking about it, if there's a struggle for the word, there's going to be a struggle for worship. And without worship, your, your relationship with God does not deepen. Surface Christians are surface Christians because they either don't like the word or they don't like worship. Amen. I can always tell people who, are, who, who have a depth for God because when we talk, the word always comes up. Yeah. You ever talk to someone who, and, and, and you start talking about the word and it just goes worldly quickly? Right. Conversation just went worldly. I mean, come on, honestly. So I'm saying, you know, God is doing some great things. Yeah, you know, they're having a sale over there at Dillard's. You're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come on. We're talking about the word now. I'm, come on. I'm getting excited about the word. You're talking about socks on sale. Telling me about, you're talking about socks on sale. I'm not worried about socks on sale. What I'm worried about is there's, some, there's a love for the word in me. And the more word I get, the more it causes me to worship God. You open up to worship God the more, with, watch this, with the more word you put in you. 
The word keeps you from sin. All right, so we, we, we dealt with that on Sunday. And uh, we talked about idolatry. We had, I mean, Sunday was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, that thing, I, 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 I went home and listened to that, and it blessed me all over again. I preached to myself. That, I mean, technology is amazing because I preached to myself on Sunday. I went home, I was like, oh, glory. I was, had, had church all over again. But on, on Sunday, we, we, we talked about idolatry and how idolatry is the thing that causes us to move away from the word and move away from worship because uh, um, it, is, it is the worship of things other than God. So we talked about that on Sunday, and I have a lot I want to get into tonight. And so um, the word exalt, we said on Sunday, is a worship word. Say exalt is a worship word. The word exalt, we said, means to hold someone or something in very high regard. To hold something or someone in very high regard. To think or speak very highly of something or someone. It is to evaluate or lift up in estimation to assess or, 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 or to, to, have an, to get an appraisal or worth of something or someone. So a lot of us worship so many things and we don't even realize that we're worshiping it. We put worth, worth and worship on things. Watch out for my glasses. But we don't say watch out for my soul. Okay. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave, I'll leave it alone. So, so um, we said it also means to, uh, the word exalt means to praise, to magnify, all right? And uh, we left off with, with, our, with our, our key scripture on Sunday on, in Psalm 46 and 10. Y'all, please just go back and, and listen to this or get the download tonight. It's going to bless you. And, and, and we talked about what it meant to be still. We talked about what it meant to know. We talked about uh, 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 that, uh, uh, that God said that he's going to be exalted amongst the heathen. We talked about all of that. And then uh, how God is going to be lifted up or exalted in the earth. And so we talked about that, and then we said that, that, that we have been authorized to, to have this kind of authority in the earth because the Lord of hosts is with us. We talked about all that on Sunday, and then we said he's our refuge. We talked about all that stuff on Sunday, and so we left off in there. But tonight, let's, let's, uh, talk, about, um, let's talk about how do we exalt God? Because you ever hear people saying that, we exalt thee. You're like, that's nice, but how do you do that? Everybody talks about exalting God or lifting him up. How do you really, how can you lift God up? How do you lift him up? So we're going we're gonna to talk about that tonight. Uh, let me give you first, let's, let's just start with three perspectives of worship. We'll, and we're ending this, this series with this. I might pick this back up in September and give a whole other level of this. But, but for now, we're going we're gonna to take a break on this. Um, but three perspectives of worship. Worship, number one, is all about offering ourselves to God. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Say, it, say, say worship, worship is me offering myself to God. So everything, everything that, everything, like, like your whole relationship with God is, is you offering you to him. When you offer you to him, how do you do that? We talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Romans 12. It says, um, present your body as a living sacrifice. Put yourself on the altar. So that means you have, to, you have to know the areas inside of you that are messed up and jacked up so that you can put those things on the altar so that you can present that as a sacrifice to God. Lord, deal with this stuff. Kill it on the altar because I want to be able to understand what your will is for me. So, all right, that, so, so that, that's the first perspective. The second perspective is that worship is our response to God's love. It's hard to love people or to love anybody then you're pouring your love out on them. You're doing it for them. You're helping them. You're blessing them. You're there for them. You're here. And then you get nothing in response. 
It's very hard to love somebody who won't love you back. Eventually, you're going to shut down, you're going to walk away, and you're going to find somebody to love or somebody to love you. Whenever we start talking about worship, worship is our response to who God is. So if you don't know, if you, if you have no clue about who God is to you personally, you can't really be a worshiper. Because worship is not just the words that you say to him as much as it is your response to what he has done. Say my response to him. It's your response to his love that he's poured out on you. How do I know God's love me? Because he hasn't killed me. Y'all, and the whole church can say amen. Just go home and just give us our offering right now and just go home. I know he loves me because I have done things, watch this, that, are, that have been worthy of death. According to the scriptures and according to the code of life. Amen, somebody. You can't say you love somebody and then, and then just, just run off and do what you want to do and then come back and be like, hey, I'm back. Then you run off and then you come back. You can't just do that. A lot of us have crucified Jesus afresh so many times. And the, and, and the same one we crucify is the one that wakes us up the next morning and blesses us and takes care of our children and gives us strength in our bodies and, and commands goodness and mercy to follow us. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? I mean, I mean, Lord. But when you start worshiping God, your, watch this, your worship to him, Lord, I love you. There's nobody like you. God, every day, every, every opportunity I get, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to express to you through my lifestyle, through my life, through my words, how much, I, how much worth I, I, I'm assessing to you. Why? Because that, my response to his love is worship. Third, the, the third perspective is that worship is focusing our mind and our thoughts or our attention on God. What captivates your mind? What gets the attention of your mind on a daily basis? If it's money because of your bills, then you're worshiping that. Whatever takes up the most dominant space in your thought process, in your mind, or, or, or you give your attention to, what do you search for on the internet most, mostly? What do you talk about with people? You search recipes, you search, you search, you search how, to, how to stay cool in the heat. Come on, all the, stuff that, all, all the stuff that we're after are the things that we tend to give our emotions, our attention, and these are the things that we worship. So these are the things that, that whatever, whatever you, 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 give, you give your attention to is the things that you talk to people about. So assess, go through some, anybody, I don't, I don't know what it's called on, on, on the um, Androids, but on, on, on iPhone, it's Messenger. Go through your messages and just scroll through, what's it called? Same messages, okay. Scroll through your messages, right? And no, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, I just didn't know what it was called. Scroll, <laughs> scroll through your messages and, and survey through your conversations and see what, is the, what are the things you talk about the most. What is the subjects that keep coming up? What do you think about when there's nothing else to think about? What comes up in your mind? When it's time to go to sleep, what do you start thinking about besides just rest? My Lord. What are, the, what, what are the last prayers you pray before you go to sleep? Lord, please, tomorrow, let them give me some overtime. Like, the things that, the things that are in your mind are the things that, that control your life. And I think a lot of us, and the reason why I've been honing in on that part of worship for a lot of us is because what we don't realize is that we have a lot of idols that we worship. Yeah. 
We have a lot of things that we put in high esteem, high honor, and we don't, we don't give God that same level of honor. And, 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 this is, and this is why a lot of the areas in our lives don't succeed properly. They don't succeed properly because what God says, I'm a jealous God, and you'll put no other God or idol before me. So what God does is he starts moving those things out the way. God meddles in our affairs because he wants to be number one. He starts, he, 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 now, now it's, it's going to sound crazy, but God doesn't let certain things prosper. Ooh, Lord, okay. So tonight, let's, let's jump through a few ways of how we can exalt God through worship. First way we exalt God is through our thoughts. You can exalt God. You magnify him. You make him big. You, you, you lift him up through your thoughts. This is the first and most basic way that you can simply, you, 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 you exalt God by remembering that he exists. Tell somebody, remember him. Tell somebody else, remember him. Psalm 14 and 1 says this, that the fool says in their heart, there is no God. The fool says there is no God. Or the fool walks around like God is not here. The fool walks around like God is not near. Or that God is not watching. Foolish people are like that. We just say, no, no, I'm not because God's watching. They're like, well, girl, if you don't live. They call it living for you to, for you to live in sin. We're quiet tonight. They call living for you to just do whatever you feel and pay the consequence later on. That's called living to people who don't know God. Because they're foolish. And the fool says, there is no God. There is no, there, there, there's nobody watching but me. And so I do what I want to do. But in contrast to that, true worshipers realize that God is always aware. Somebody know I'm telling the truth. He's always involved. He's always working for our good and for his glory. So we can exalt the Lord at any moment by asking God this one question, where are you in this? Think about that for a second. Lord, where are you in this? I got some bad news. Where are you in this news? Because the truth is, the real truth is, you can find God anywhere. Lord Jesus. The writer said, if, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I take wings and go to the highest place in the heavens, you're there. He said, if I, if I, if I make my bed in the uttermost parts of hell, you're there. He said, I can't go nowhere from your presence. So, so, so my question is this. Why do we treat situations like God is not still in control? Because you don't exalt God unless in the middle of every, every season of your life, you're looking for him. The question you got to ask God is, where are you in this? I don't like this. I feel a ways about this. My body's wrecking pain, going through with my children. Money's acting funny. Job is going through. Relationships are a little funny. But Lord, where are you? What, what is it, what is it, that, what, what, what is it that's going to make me have a Romans 8.28 moment? That all things have to work together. I mean, see, see, I expect that to happen because that's a promise from God to me. But the only way it happens is I have to activate that by finding God in it. The only way things are going to work for my good is I got to find God in it. So in every situation that we go through, somebody say this, I have a choice. Come on, say it again, I have a choice. What are the choices? You got two choices. I can either forget God in this or I can remember that he is present and active in spite of what I'm going through. Say present and active. What are the two choices? Say forget God. Or remember that he's present and active. 
Watch this. Even when you don't understand what he's doing, he's doing something. Whew. Even when you don't understand what's happening, somebody say, he's working something for me. Because while you think nothing is happening, God is touching hearts. God is opening up doors. And watch as you walk through new, new doors because you trusted God when everything looked like it wasn't going to come through for you. Somebody say, he's present. He's active. Acts 17, 28, write it down. Some of us have to get delivered in our, in our thought process. How we view God in the midst of problems. Acts 17, 20. Just write it down. I'm, I'm not, I'm, because all, all, all um, Acts 17, 28 says that in him we live, we move, and have our being. Say, in him. In him. Or, or another, another text says, uh, through him. Through him or through the word. Through the word, I live, I move, I have my being. Last week, we talked about Job. That was a, that was a powerful one, too. We talked about Job, but, but the truth about Job is that it's difficult to imagine Job's anguish when he learns about all the stuff that he got being taken from him. Children lost, possessions lost, servants lost, cattle lost, houses lost, all in one day. But as he, but as he got the news, his only response to that was, God has to be close. And because God's close, what did he do? In Job 121, he fell down and started worshiping God. Listen to what he says in, in, in Job 121. He said, the Lord gives, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, I'm praising God because he's the one that I held on to to get it the first time. Oh, glory to God. See, see, so, so for, for me, anything that it seems like I'm losing I have to go back to the beginning and the origin of this to find out that I get this God's way. If I got it God's way and it seems like I'm losing it, I have to hold on to him more than I hold on to the stuff. Because if God gave it to me then, and it seems like it's being taken from me, God could very well be setting me up to have double. But because I'm, because I'm holding on to the stuff so much and I'm not, I'm, watch this, I'm not looking for him in it. Then what happens is I hold on to this and I forget about God. Right. Bible says, blessed is a nation that, that, that doesn't forget God. In other words, just lift your hands, everybody. Lift your hands up. Now, now, if everything that you hold near and dear to you, you can't get to and this is your only posture, what can you do? Trust God. So keep your hands up. I know you're tired. Keep your hands up. This, this should be the posture of a worshiper consistently because what this posture tells God is I honor you and I take my hands off of this okay put your hands on say I honor you and I take my hands off most of this now let me say this to y'all most of the stuff that we're trying to fix could be fixed or could have been fixed by now if if we would have just stayed in worship Stuff gets worse when we try to put our natural, finite minds into something that God is trying to work out in eternity and work for us, for our good and through us. Think about how, how many issues we, that we wouldn't have had. Think about how many problems that could have been resolved by now if we would have stayed in worship. That's all. Just worship him. You don't have to know how it's going to work out. It's too much information for you. It's too much. It's too much information to try to understand how God's going to do this in a month. You don't need to know that. 
Why, why do you need to know that ahead of time? All you got to do is just stay in contact with the one who has the ability to work it. Lord Jesus. Just worship him. Just stay in, stay in a posture that says, God, my hands are off and I lift them to you and I worship you. And what you'll start seeing is that all things start working. You, one of the biggest things that, that, I, that I, that's happened to me is I'm amazed at how many times God has shown up in situations that looked like it was, they were crazy start to come back into alignment the longer I keep my hands out of it. And you ain't got to talk about it to everybody. You ain't got to complain no more. You ain't got to cry about it. Worship God. While you're worshiping him, he starts handling the stuff inside of you. And at the same time starts dealing with the stuff that you couldn't have fixed on your own. Woo. Say this, God was always in the picture. I just didn't know what he was up to. Say it again, God was always in the picture. I just didn't know what he was up to. Isn't that crazy? Now, a lot of us are like, Lord, and God said, saying, relax. Be still. Know that I'm God. I'm going to be exalted. Right in front of the heathen, the idol worshipers who are telling you there's no way you're going to come out of this in one piece. I'm going to be exalted. I'm going to be lifted up. Why? Because you're going to get still. You're going to know who I am. And in that process, say process, in the process, God's going to work something so magnificent for you that eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard about it. And when people look at it, the only thing they're going to be able to say along with you is, God did this. Somebody say, God did it. Come on, tell yourself, God's about to do it. All right, second way that we exalt God, we've got a few, few more to get, get into. The second way we exalt God is through love. Through love, Lord Jesus. Through loving him. God is exalted when we love him and when we love, when we love people. Real worshipers uh, do more than just think about God. You know, people say, oh, he was on my mind. You're not a real worshiper. I was th- I've been thinking about God. You're not a real worshiper. Because real worshipers say, say this. Real worshipers love God. Come on, say real worshipers love God. Now, how do you love them? Jesus said that the greatest commandment was that we should, it's in Mark 12 and 30, we should love the Lord our God, not just in words. I love you. Well, what are you backing that up with? He said you're going to love the Lord, watch this, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. That means God wants you to love him with your entire being. Every part of you has to love God. You ever hear people say, my soul loves Jesus. My soul loves Jesus. My soul loves Jesus. Bless his name. Now, now, now how your soul going to love him and your spirit is far from him? How you love God in your mind, your will, your emotions, but your spirit that has the Holy Spirit is far away from God because you're out of worship. Oh, Lord. And watch this. And because worship and love are so closely connected, whatever we love will determine what we genuinely worship. Worship and love are intertwined, so whatever you love you automatically worship. 
whatever you love, you're going to worship. Amen. So watch it. Somebody say, no, I'm not going to make y'all say that because no. Um, when you love something, we attach worth to it. And that speaks volumes to people who don't even know you. Someone could look at you and say, oh, she loves her appearance. He loves, he loves his sneakers. She loves music. Why? Because of the reverence that you give to whatever you love. Because when you love something, what, what, what you're doing is, is you're telling others, this thing or, or this person is worthy of my thoughts, worthy of my time, worthy of my labor, and worthy of my affection. So watch this. When you love God, loving God has to do with, and worshiping God has to do with persuading other people, not through talking as much as it, as it is through a lifestyle. Does anybody know that you, anybody outside of church know you're a worshiper? Because this is the thing. They're going to know you're a worshiper because your lifestyle speaks to them. There's certain things I don't do. Lord. There's certain things I won't say. There's certain things as a worshiper I dare not laugh with you about. There's certain things that I don't even want to be involved in. Why? Because I don't want anything to, to, to taint my love relationship with God. Lord Jesus. Loving God is, uh, is, 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 is about the, the heart and the mind being connected to his presence. So uh, people who, now, now this is something that the Holy Spirit t- told me uh, as I was studying this afternoon. He said, tell them this, the people that love God are soul sensitive to anything that God is involved in. People who love God are, everybody say, soul sensitive to anything that God is involved in. Soul is the mind, the will, the emotions. When is the last time that someone around you uh, began to tell a testimony of something that happened for them and you, and you the tears flow down your eyes, not because you were, you were just so happy about what happened for them, but you were happy that God was doing something in their life? Reading the word ought to, ought to cause you to have joy. Ought to bring tears to your eyes. Ought to make you feel something in your emotions. This is when you're soul sensitive to anything that God is involved in. Some people, their souls are so, have so many holes in their soul through all the stuff that they've gone through. You need deliverance. Has to be some level of deliverance because your emotions are out of whack. You get angry about somebody stepping on your foot, but you don't get, you don't get excited about the presence of God. Soul issues. Write this down if you're taking notes. My soul must heal from past wounds. My soul has to heal from past wounds. It's hard to be a worshiper and be soul sensitive to things that God is involved in when your soul is messed up. A lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of betrayal, a lot of droppings, a lot of just... Things right after the other. A lot of stuff. And, and watch this. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest things at the end and the tools the enemy uses to keep you with soul wounds. You can never heal if you don't forgive. And a lot of people are loving God. They just shaking hands and hugging people in church but leave here and, and don't understand why their emotions are out of whack. Like now, now, now let me say this. You're not going to go to hell 
if you if you if you know if you got soul wounds, but your life in God is not going to be enjoyable. And everything that God has for you and wants to do for you is not going to be something that you enjoy or that you 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 just want to you just want all of him or more of him because because there's going to be a drawing back because any any place you've been hurt or wounded. Now think about this. If if someone if if I had somebody come up and I always do this this uh, this illustration and and I just punch you in the ribs or I, or I punch you in the jaw or slap you in the back of the head real hard. Very violent, but nonetheless. <laughs> right? And then I go to do it again. Somewhere you're going to jump. You're going to flinch. There's going to be something that's going to be, I don't want this to happen again. I don't want this to happen again. Even if I'm not going to hit you and I'm going to scratch my head, there's going to be a jump. Why? Because somewhere in you there's a trigger that this guy just hit me. Think about this. Anytime the enemy hits you with a blow, whether it's emotional, whether it's something that, that happened when you were two and three, five, seven, and a memory hasn't been erased through the blood of Jesus, or something that happened that hit you in your emotions really hard, and you're having a hard time dealing with it now as an adult, you need, you have, there has to be healing. Because let me tell you something. What the enemy will do is he'll, he will know those points of pain, and he will try his best to mirror everything and every place you've been hurt at to keep you from moving forward in God. So this is what the enemy will do. You're like, I'm making up my mind. I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to do all that God called me to do. And then all of a sudden, boom! You're like, why, is this, why did this happen again? Or something will come and it'll look like something that happened to you in the past. You're like, wait, uh-uh, mm-mm. And what we, this is what we do. Instead of, instead of asking God to give us insight, we just run from everything. I don't want to come to church. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to hug nobody. Everybody leave me alone. I'm going to sit in my car. I'll watch you on Facebook from the car. I was at, I was at the location. I don't want to deal with y'all. Think about this. If, if you want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to learn how to be so sensitive to the things of God. What is it that your mind, what, 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 what does the enemy use to plague your mind? Where are your emotions at? How often are you emotionally wounded? Now, these are, these are questions that, that you gotta, somebody has to ask you in church. How often does, do small things that everybody else says are small seem like they're large to you? Are are small things magnified to you? And these are the things that cause you a lot of grief, a lot of turmoil. And, and when, you, when you get down to the bottom of things, it wasn't even that serious. Anybody ever been there before? Like, you start talking about other people, and then you get to the bottom, and then all I said was, and then when you, that's all that happened? I didn't hear it like that. I didn't feel like that. And, then I, and it's just a big blow up. And everybody's there like, I apologize, I apologize. But all I said was, and you're like, oh, that's it? Soul wounds. All right? All right, we'll get off that because I, I, I want to go into that more, but we'll leave it alone. All right. Next, we'll exalt God through our actions. Through our actions. Say, through my actions. We exalt God. We worship him. We lift him up through our actions. There's no way that you can be a worshiper and God not reveal everything about you to you. I know every place in my life where there's a mess up, where there's a hang up, where there's a hiccup. 
You want to know why? I don't need no prophet to tell me that. Thus saith the Lord unto thee. Uh, there's, no, I know that already. Tell me something else I don't know. Amen. Ain't got to tell me I got trust issues. You can look at me and tell me I got trust issues. I'm sitting in the back seat by myself. Yes. Fifteen rows between me and the next person. Yes. I don't want the ushers touching me, telling me where to go. I sit where I want to sit. I'm rebellious. I know it. <laughs> How do I heal from this? How do I get up from here? Like the man that was, that was sitting on the porch for 38 years. I know there's an issue here. And I know I need to get in the water, but I ain't got nobody to help me. Right. If the church can get more, more, more sensitive to, to our own issues, we could be a lot more forgiving with other people's. Because when you're going through and somebody else is going through, they're the devil. But you need healing. Like If the church can just get sensitive to, to the issues that all of us are hitting here because we're in the hospital. I'm sure you see people all the time that are hurting and going through. Now, what if, what if I'm in bed number one and the person in bed number two, I'm like, shut up all that noise over there. <laughs> we both in the hospital. <laughs> Just because I'm not crying, why, why I got to have attitude with the person that's in the crying? Because maybe the threshold of my pain may be 15, but theirs might be one. Right. You baby you. Shut that noise up. I'm telling you they do. But you want to know something? They do it in the church hospital too. People in the church do that. You want to know why? Because we haven't lived a life of worship. You're going to be more tolerable of uh, an understanding of people's issues when you become a worshiper and God starts to show you your flaws. Oh, believe me, he will. But because there's no way you can be a worshiper and God doesn't reveal to you everything about you that needs to be fixed in his presence. So watch this. Whenever you start exalting God with worship, it births an awareness within us so that you can so that you can match the outside with what's going on on the inside. Worshipers understand I don't have it all together, but God is cleaning me up every day. And the longer I stay in worship, the more I stay in worship, the more he cleanses me, the more he works on me, the more the more I work on me, too. Because I realize I got to participate in this too. Amen, somebody. I learned how to bridle my tongue because I realized in worship, God told me I got too much mouth. So, Amen. Y'all, come on. God will tell you. I was worshiping one time. God said, just keep your mouth closed. I was like, he said, not right now. I said, oh, okay. Hallelujah, Lord. I just worship, praise your name. Then he started revealing to me the issue was that, this is the issue. This is the issue I, I had years ago. And my wife tells me I still have it every now and again. Is that, I'm just beak and I'm just I'm fine. But if I'm if I'm in a if I'm in a season, just back away. Everybody back up. Move away. Cause I'm holding it together. And I realize that. So what so so this is what I learned how to this, this is how I learned how, how how to really get control of it. I started worshiping and, and Holy Spirit started letting me know through worship, get ready. Get ready. You, some stuff's about to hit. You, this is what's going to happen. Some more here going to happen. And don't get in your feelings. So now I'm ready. I'm like, okay, I'm looking. Everybody. In the days I failed that test because I'm looking at everybody and I'm backing out. Somebody going, eh! and I'm like, what do you want? What's up with you? Like, oh, Lord, I failed. I'm sorry. I'm going back, coming back to the place of worship. Lord, I, I, I missed it. Thank you for telling me, but I missed it. Let's try it again. Every, <laughs> everything, everything we can 
Everything we do can be, uh, can be done to exalt God. Watch this. Because worship causes you to be more aware of his presence. Say, I want to be aware of your presence, God. Come on, lift your hands. Tell him, say, Lord, I want to be aware of your presence. Tell him, help me. Ask him, help me to be aware of your presence. Ask him, come on, because I'm not doing it because I'm, I'm telling you to do it, but do it because you want it. Say, Lord, help me to be aware of your presence. Say it one more time. Help me to be aware of your presence. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to teach you this. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Listen to this. It's going to bless you. Listen to this. And, and a lot of us have read this before. Listen to what it says. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. It's 1 Corinthians 10.31. 1 Corinthians 10.31. I'm going to read it again. So whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, say do all. He said, do all to the glory of God. Now, now, if, if you have a Bible, a real, a real Bible, not, it ain't a fake Bible, it was digital, but if you have a paper Bible, underline that word glory, glory, the glory of God. Highlight it, underline it, do something. Yeah, you can, you can highlight it in the in digital Bible. Highlight it, underline it, do something with it. That word glory, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Remember, everything you do can be done to the glory of God. The word glory there means, in Hebrew, worship. So watch this. In everything you do, do it to worship God. If you do that, this is what God showed me, is going to cut out a lot of foolishness, foolishness out of your life. If you do everything to the glory of God or to, to bring glory or to worship him, if everything you do, you do it to bring worship to God, then it's going to cut a lot of foolishness out of your life. It's going to save you from the attacks of the enemy. It's going to preserve you from things that shouldn't hit you. Because watch this, when you deliberately worship God through everything you do, you're going to be more aware of what you're saying, what you're doing. Watch this, if you even do it with eating and drinking, you'll be more aware of what's going in your body. And you'll honor God even through your eating. Woo! Glory. If everybody trying to get a summer body, I'm talking to you. <laughs> no, no, ain't too late. You can have summer in September. Summer in, in November, in December. I'm having summer because there's always summer somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to L.A. to sit on the beach for a week because it's summer. Work on that summer body all year long. Just get it. <laughs> Say this, deliberate worship. This is, what, this is what the enemy doesn't want us to know. You can deliberately worship God through everything you do. I'm eating dinner. I worship God. How do you worship God through eating dinner? By remembering when you ain't had no food. Come on here. Amen. And that'll cause you, you you'll start, while you eat, Lord, I thank you. Yeah. I remember that happened one time when I was eating and I started crying. My kids were like, you okay? Is it that good? I was like, no, it's not about how good it is. I just had a thought. Right. I had a thought. See, because what I, what I started doing was I started realizing that in everything I do, whether I eat, or whether, isn't that what it said? If you eat or you drink and, or whatever you do, glory, glorify God or worship him through that. 
So watch this. If somebody gets on my nerves and I'm about to cuss them out, is God about to get glory out of what I'm about to say? So if it's not going to worship God, then I don't need to say it. Somebody pulls me aside. Listen, let me tell you something about listening to Krista. Are these words about to glorify God? If they're not about to glorify God, I don't want to hear them. You shut down a lot of mess when you start when you start living like this because it helps you to keep yourself in a pure place. You might not be the one saying stuff, but if you're the one listening to stuff that God ain't pleased with, then guess what? You are contaminating your own spirit. Y'all quiet. And, and what the enemy wants, he loves a lot of mixture. The enemy loves you to be holy on church days, but unsanctified when you walk out the door. He loved that kind of stuff. He, you wonder why he loves that? Because you don't, you never really come in contact with the pure, authentic power of God in your life. You get a little taste of it here and there, and with that little bit, you're about to fall out. God wants you to be so full of his power that when you walk by folks, they feel the glory. That's the kind of stuff we that's that's how we need to start gearing our minds to live. This is this is not this is not something where I'm in God and I'm barely making it. Come on, the devil's a liar. No, 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 no. Come on. He said you're the head. Y'all gonna talk to me. You are above only. Come on, this is not just about money, but it includes your money. What God wants you to know is that everything he put in you, you got to guard that through holiness. You got to guard what he put in you. Watch this, by bridling your tongue. Watch this. You got to guard your ears because if you're hearing junk, but you can't, watch this, you're not going to be able to hear the Holy Ghost. Everything you do, if you're doing it to worship God, you're going to evaluate what you think, what you say, what you eat, how you act. And the church folks are going to have to be around for you to live holy. It's just a shot, a Patron. Y'all quiet. Oh, okay, I'll leave you alone. Oh, it's, it's just. If you have to justify it before time by saying it's only or it's just, then, and, and if you can't do this in good conscience with God manifesting, standing right next to you, Ain't it's nothing you need to do. All right, I'll leave it there. I'll leave that. I'll leave you. I'll leave you alone tonight. Go to First Peter three. We're gonna end with this. First, First Peter three. Let's see this in in action. You lift you lift God up, and exalt Him, while worshiping Him. Through your actions. Do you know that God gets so much glory out of you, out of us? I'm saying you, out of us. Loving him, not just expressing him to people, but evaluating how we live before him. He gets so much glory out of that. The presence of God can grow in you. The glory of God can grow in you and God can take you to depths in him. If you honor your lifestyle in front of him. And I think this is where the church misses it. Because we honor, we, honor, we honor the lifestyle of God in front of people. I'm about to do this. Is anybody look in my church? Bishop, anywhere near here? Anybody in the church in here? I don't see overseer. I don't see no pastor. Candies. I don't see no. Okay. Listen, let me tell you something. And we don't honor God that way. And remember this whatever you do in secret, woo, whatever you do in secret, you're going to have to be honored for that in public. And there's good honor and there's bad honor. Woo, glory to God. Say, say good, honor, good honor, bad honor. Bad honor. 
everything you do, God weighs it. There's a scale. He weighs, he weighs the actions in the heart of man are weighed by God. God's looking at how you react, how you talk, how you, how you think internally. Because outside you're like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, amen, God bless. Inside you're like, no, I don't care what you say. I don't want to hear none of that. Man, look at that with a prince. He's just so, he just has such a great heart. Inside, there's a monster. Brah, there's something in there. There's something in there. Go to 1 Peter 3. Say, God wants me to live the good life. Come on, say, God wants me to live the good life. Now, now, now this is the thing. The reason why God wants you to live a good, good life and to have everything you desire is because your ways please him. He looks at ways. He, he weighs your ways. I'll leave that alone. Okay. First Peter 3 and 10, and then we're going to go home. Let's just jump through the, the, these verses. 10 through 15. Now, 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 listen to what the word says in my last 40 seconds. For he that will love life. Now, let's stop there. If you're going to love life, there has to be some, some prerequisite. A lot of people don't love life. A lot of people are saved and don't know how to love life. A lot of people are saved and miserable. Lord. A lot of people, a lot of people speak in tongues and, 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 and speak complaint. Watch this. If you're going to love life, it says in, in, in verse number 10, and see good days. This is what you have to do. Refrain his tongue from evil. Stop speaking things out of your mouth that are troublesome, injurious, destructive, and bad in nature. If you're going to have a good life and see good days and you're going to love your life, you're going to have to retrain your tongue. You have to retrain your tongue. Well, I don't say nothing, but what do you agree with? Come on. Because if you agree with it, you, are, you have become it. You've aligned yourself with it by the nod of the head. Watch this. And you've aligned yourself with it by not speaking up. Okay. Refrain your tongue from evil and, and keep your lips from speaking guile. Is that what your Bible said? Yes. Speaking deceitfully. Yes. Yo, is that what your scripture says? Speaking guile? Yes. It, says, it says deceit? deceit. What, what, what version y'all reading from? What version we got back there? King James? All right. Mine says, uh, you got New King James or King James? All right. Mine says, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Speaking deceitfully. A lot of people don't, un don't understand this, but, but it's, it's subtle deceptions. Subtle decep deceptions. Getting someone to get on your side by them speaking crafty words. Because they want to win an argument. Somewhere in your spirit, you ought, to, you ought to know something was wrong. 
Somebody ever come up to you, again, you got to have discernment of spirits. Anybody ever said something to you and, and, and they, they tell you the story, you know what, the other day I, I fell down the steps and, and, and then I lost my car. And you're like, Mm-mm. I don't buy it. I'm not buying a piece of that. I was going to call you, but then, you know, I got caught up. I fell asleep. You're like, you're a liar. You a lying, ma'am. And so you're lying. Ain't no truth in that. All right. Verse, verse number 11. It says, watch this. Now, all of this has to do with loving life and seeing good days. Watch this. Let him eschew or avoid or turn away from or deviate from evil. Lord Jesus. Evil. Things that are bad in nature. And do good. And let him seek or go hard after peace. And ensue it. Or, or, or make it their lifestyle. If you're going to have a life that, that you love and see good days, you're going to have to be a person who loves peace. Everybody don't love peace. Some folks live for arguments and drama. Some folks, they just, and they get even more mad when you don't participate in their drama. They live to argue. They li- the first thing I never, um, excuse me, you're like, oh, here it goes. I can just tell it's going to be something crazy. But excuse me, um, excuse me. Oh, Lord, here we go. Now, now why, why is the writer telling us that we have to uh, um, refrain our tongue from evil, keep our lips from speaking guile, hate evil, do good, seek peace, and make it our lifestyle? Verse number 12, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. In other words, God has a bird's eye view of your life. He's looking at everything, the stuff you don't even understand, he's watching it. Say God's watching. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Now watch this. Everybody underline that word righteous. Because God, the eyes of the Lord are not over the wicked. He's watching over people who are righteous. Now watch this. The word righteous means people who observe his laws. People who follow his word. Those who have set themselves to be like him. When that becomes, now this is the thing. The enemy always wants to make us feel like it's so hard to live righteous. No, it's hard to do that because you're in the flesh. You walk in the flesh, then you're going, to see the, you're going to see the manifestation of that. But if you walk in the spirit, if you pursue the things of God, that means that your flesh is not going to, watch this. If you're living in the flesh, you're living for the satisfaction of your flesh. That means when you want to let somebody have it, your spirit is saying, no, don't do this. But your flesh is saying, I got to get this out. I, I'm not going to feel good. Lord, y'all quiet. Have you ever been in an argument with someone and you just couldn't let them get the last word? You know, and they, they say what they say, you walking away like, you're like, I did good. Wait a minute. Because it ain't over yet. And you give that last, yeah. Then you walk away feeling like, and that's, what, that's how we're going to end this. You in the flesh. You in the flesh. Watch this. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open 
to their prayers. This is how you're going to love life. And this is how you're going to have and you're going to see good days. It's going to be because the thing that opens up your life for good life, for, for, for long life, wonderful life, good days, is this. His eyes watch, his ears listen, and all you got to do is refrain your tongue from speaking evil, don't speak guile, hate evil, seek peace, and make it your lifestyle. That's a small price to pay to end up loving life and seeing good days. What, why, why, why is life going to be so lovable and the day's going to be so good? Because his ears are going to be open to our prayers. I'm going to give this to prayer school, but I'll give it to you all night. I got some more stuff for prayer school. It, have, has anybody ever prayed for a long time about something and you saw no result? Somewhere, somewhere in there, God's ear closed to you. Well, I spoke in tongues. That's nice. But somewhere, his ear closed. Why? Because somewhere, you didn't keep your tongue from evil. Somewhere, you didn't, you didn't keep from speaking guile or being deceitful in your talk. Somewhere, you didn't hate evil. Somewhere, you didn't do good. Somewhere, you didn't seek after peace and make it your lifestyle. Because when you do those things, the next part of this opens up and unlocks to you. His eyes open up and he starts watching. What is he looking for? To see how he can bless you. The next thing that happens is his ears open up to your prayers. But look at what happens. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Let's go further. Verse 13. And who is he that will harm you? I, somebody say, I live, in, I live in no fear. Say, I'm not afraid. Say, no fear. Because the question is, what does the question say? Who is he? That will harm you if you be followers of that which is what? Good. If, if, if what you're doing is seeking after, after the good things in, in God's word, seeking after what God promised you, praying, seeking his face, hating evil, making, making peace your lifestyle, there's nothing in you that wants evil. And if that's the case, he says, God said, I'm going, I'm going to protect you from harm, from evil people. I don't know about y'all. It's a simple price to pay. And with this, stay in worship. Like, think about it. If you don't want evil, the only thing you want to do is worship. I just want his presence. How many times have you been to a place where you just said, Lord, I just want your presence? I'm, let, me, let me ask you this. Anybody ever been frustrated because you couldn't feel God? I mean, just frustrated. Like, I'm praying. I'm trying my best. Go back through this, go back through this from verse number 10 all the way down and survey this against your life. See where you dropped the ball at, repent. And I guarantee you, if you pray from there, you're going to see the stuff start moving very quickly. A lot of people don't get that. God is very black and white on, how, on what he wants to do to bless us. And he's very black and white on how he wants to bless us. He's very black and white on it. He says, if you do this, this is what I'm going to do. It's the if-then principle. It is covenant. God is very keen on covenant. This is covenant right here. I'm going I'm I'm to let you have, I'm going to let you enjoy your life. See, the issue is we want to enjoy our life, but we want it to be mixed with stuff from the world that we had before. 
That's not an enjoyable life to God. So, so a lot of people really have to start praying, Lord, what does it look like for me to love life? That's the kind of prayers I pray. What, is it, what, does, what does a life that is love look like? And what do good days look like for me? If the word is promising us that, you could be living in good days, but just don't love life. All right. You could be living in it, but be blinded because, because what you think is good days and, and, and life that's loved is something that you had before. And what God is saying is, it looks nothing like that. It looks like all of this. And I'm, I've set you up to, to enjoy your life, but because it doesn't look like the life you had. If any man be in Christ, he's a new, old things are. So why won't you let God kill the rest of that stuff? Why won't you let God kill the rest of that stuff? There's some dreams and, dreams and desires that are not God's dreams and desires for you. I'm going to be a firefighter. God said, no, you're going to be a minister. Because you always want to be a fighter, fighter. Since you was five years old, you love the trucks. And God said, no, that's not what I want. What if that's a part of the old life for you? But it's not a part of the, of the new life that, he, that he's ordaining you to love and live. So the question is, is there really an issue with our worship to God because there's an issue in what our heart desires that's out of his will? How many things do we ask God for that we ain't got yet do we have to go back to reevaluate? Is this a part of God's will for me? How do I find out if it's a part of God's will? Present yourself as a living sacrifice on the altar. And he says, and then you're going to understand what is the good and acceptable perfect will of God for who? For you. He's going he's gonna to tell you if this, is, if this is what he wants for you. Lord, is it the person I should marry? Well, put your emotions on the altar. Don't marry because you, you, you're you hot and horny. Y'all quiet. Don't marry because it's a good option and it's a good business transaction. You understand what I'm saying? Don't marry because it's the best I think I could do. Y'all real quiet. What is God's will for me? Because now, now you can't be trying to seek God's will for us, but you don't know God's will for you. And before you get married, what you need to do is find out what God's will is for you because everything that that person comes and adds to your life is going to add to God's will. All right, okay, I'm, I'm going to let you go home. Let's read the end of this and we'll, we'll, we'll go home because I know some of you can't take too much of this. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of, followers of that which is good? But, at, but and if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are you. Now watch this. He says, in suffering, you should be happy. This is why I say that a lot of people don't even read the word. Because in suffering, we, we turn into the crazy Christian. Like the aggravated Christians. Oh, I know what they're going through. Okay, well, that's not what the Bible says. See, God has given us even a, um, a template for how to go through. When you suffer for righteousness, when you go through, he says, you ought to be the happiest. Y'all like that. Y'all like, oh, Lord Jesus. We ought to know you're going through because you, your attitude is the best it's ever been. Yeah, see what I'm saying? You see how nobody will say amen to that? 
if you, he, but watch this, but and if, that means it's going to happen. It's a matter of time. You suffer for righteousness sake. Happy are you. And he just leaves it. Just be happy. And be not afraid of their terror. Whose terror? Anybody who's coming up against you. And neither be troubled. Why is that? Because uh, in, our, in our key text it says the Lord is our refuge. Remember that? The, say the Lord is my refuge. Anybody who Satan is using to come up against you, all you got to do is run into him. He says, and then don't you let your heart be troubled. Don't you be terrified. That means you have to make some key choices when you're under attack. When you're going through, you're under attack, so I have to make some choices. It says, don't be afraid of the terror of people. Don't be troubled. Watch this. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. You know what the word sanctify means? Acknowledge or worship. When all hell's breaking loose, he says, start worshiping God from your heart. And then he says, and be, and be always ready to give an answer to every man that acts of you of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. People are going to, now why are people going to ask you what's going on with you when you're under attack? Because your response to the attack is not going to be what everybody else's response is. The difference is going to be, I'm going through, but I'm the happiest I've ever been. Why? Because in the midst of attack, God's going to give you good days, and you're going to love life. Does that look like anybody is worried? In the middle of all of this, he said, I'm going to give you good days, and you're going to love life. Now, now, the attack's going to come. You're going to suffer for righteousness, righteousness sake, but he says, be happy. Why and how can I be happy in the midst of this? Because I've been set up for a good life. Oh my God, like, do y'all see it? This is revelation that God wants us to see. What we do is, oh God, I don't want to go through this. Why, why, why? No, God said, no, I'm setting you up for something here. Get rid of, get rid of hating evil. I mean, get rid of loving evil, hate it. Set your life up to honor me and watch me give you a life that's good and watch me set you up so well that even when you're under the biggest attack, it won't even bother you. Imagine, imagine the enemy trying to mess with your money and say, uh-uh, you can't touch this. This is a holy ground. And be fine. And pay your bills. And go to bed without a sleeping pill. <laughs> and love God. And wake up the next morning refreshed. And see people and witness the love of God to them. And don't allow it. See, what you open yourself up to is what the enemy keeps fighting you with. So how, much, how many attacks come and we just be like, this is the worst season of my life. I don't know how I'm going through this. This is a rub. It's a rub. No, no, no. God's building muscle. And it always hurts when you got to lift something that you ain't been used to, to, to lifting. Anybody ever worked out before? And the day after, you're like, I can't move. But three days later, you're like, I'm a little sore, but I'm getting it. A month later, you... And then everybody, now watch this. When somebody else comes and works out, you're going to say, listen, let me, let me give you some advice. You're going to be sore in a couple of days for the next week or so, but it'll pass. This is how we ought to be with people when we go through trials and tribulations. People who have been saved and in God for years ought not be the ones giving up. And the babe Christians are coming to God looking at the ones that have been in God with the bad attitudes. 
and giving up, saying, I don't even know if I want this. Because why would I come into this seeing you who has been here and here you are hating your life? Stand here for you. God wants you to say this. God's going to teach me this week how to love life. And my eyes are going to see good days. Lift your hands up. We're going to see it. You're going to see it. You're going to see it with your eyes. You're going to experience it with your life. And the reason it's going to happen is because we're going to follow what God told us to do. Lift your hands up. We're going to pray. If there's going to be a season where God pulls you out of everything that's not like him, it has to start with you submitting you to him. And that comes through worship. So with your hands lifted tonight, I know, we, I know people are not feeling well, some are tired, there's a lot going on, but take control of your mind. Take control of your heart. Take control of your will. Take control of your emotions. And ask God, show me, within yourself, ask him, show me what good days look like for me. Show it to me. Give me a glimpse of what good days look like for me. Give me a glimpse. Teach me how to love my life. Teach me how to do that. I don't know how to do that. All I know how to do is go back to bad memories. But teach me how to love my life. Yes, God, I'll tell them that. And, and the Lord said to tell you, it starts with you casting all the cares on him. You got to do this every day. You can't go a day without casting cares on him. You can't go a day without letting him know what you feel like is plaguing you. Stop, stop trying to be hard and live through stuff that you ought to be free from. Cast the cares on him. And stop carrying other people's burdens. Because you're not God. I heard God say that tonight. I just heard the Holy Ghost say that for at least three of you in here. Stop carrying other folks' stuff. Because they won't grow if you carry it. Parents, let me help you. You just got to start directing your kids to Jesus. Because if not, you'll be holding your stuff and their stuff and everybody else's stuff and the world's stuff and you will break down trying to be the savior for everybody. I'm teaching my daughters now. I'm teaching my children. This is a rough season. Let's pray through it. You're going through. You don't like this job. Let's pray for it. You're having a rough season. You're having anxiety. Let's pray through it. You don't like your wardrobe? Let's pray about it. You can't, you can't call yourself a friend to people and don't lead them to God. You gotta, you're going to have to tell them, look, I don't have the answers. That means you're going to have to get rid of your pride. I don't know what to tell you in this. All I can tell you is that I know how to pray. And we can pray together through this. And if we touch and agree about this, God will come in this. And he'll work through this. Lift those hands up. Come on, we're going to take a moment. Come on, let's get in the presence of God. Woo. Come on. Tonight, before we even get into prayer, just start casting those cares on Him. 
cast those cares on the Lord. I got money issues. I got issues with my bills. I see I got three bills past due. And God, I don't know what I'm going to do. It just seems like everything is caving in on me. But tonight, I cast every one of those bills on you. I cast my cares on you. I cast my concerns on you. Come on, you got to do this. And you got to see yourself transferring that to him. You can't leave here tonight with all that junk on you. You can't leave here with everybody else's issues on you. You're going to have to tell him you got to go to God for that. I'll touch and agree with you, but I can't hold your stuff. Come on. The best way to intercede for somebody is to pray for them while they cast their stuff on God. And the best way for you to get your stuff off of you is to cast that off on God and ask Jesus, the intercessor, who's praying right now, take this to God. Take it off me. I feel the burdens in the house. But I also hear God saying, I'll lift them if they ask me to. He said, I'll lift the burden if they ask me to. I'll lift it up off of them if they ask me to. Hey, glory to God. Come on, take a moment. Cast those cares on God. All of that stuff that's plaguing your mind. You can't even sit quietly and eat your dinner without feeling the, 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 the stress and the strain and the struggle of your problems. Cast it on Him tonight. Don't go throughout this summer with all this stuff on you. Don't, your heart can't take it. Your mind can't take it. Don't go this summer and hold all this stuff in. Don't go all this summer and be worried. Don't go through this whole summer and be stressed out. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. You all know God ain't build you for that. You were built, you were built faith tough. God built you to be a child of the king. Without worrying, without complaining, without wondering where God is. He's on the throne. And he's ready to take everything from you. I keep myself away. Oh, I keep myself away so you can use me. I keep myself away. I hear the word of the Lord coming to this house and God saying I'm not happy with half commitment not happy with barely making it in the spirit I keep hearing the Lord say tell them to get rid of the cares and affairs of the world so I can give them the life that they can love 
You're about to see good days. Hallelujah. You're about to see good days. God's about to make it possible for you to see good days. Hallelujah. Lord, we open our hearts to you tonight and we just come in your presence and we thank you for your word. We thank you for worship. We thank you because tonight we have the opportunity to exalt you, to magnify you. We do it through our thoughts tonight. We do it through prayer tonight. We let you know, God, that and some of us tonight, we do it through first repenting, turning away from those things that have kept us out of your presence. Father, tonight we want you. We want your presence. We want your glory. Our family needs it. Our children need it. Our children need a touch. God, we're tired of being lukewarm and stagnant in the spirit. We want to have daily activity with you. We want to have daily encounters with your presence. Holy Spirit, forgive us for quenching you at key moments. Forgive us for quenching you at key times and key seasons. When you prompted us to lead us out of situations, when you prompted, to, prompted us to lead us out of, out of situations that we shouldn't have been in, relationships, and you prompted us to pray and prompted us to open our eyes and see what you were trying to show. And we didn't look and we didn't see and we wouldn't follow your lead. Forgive us tonight. Oh, but tonight we've learned our lesson. We've learned from the mistakes of our past. God, tonight as we stand in your presence, we lift our hands in worship. We give you praise tonight. We thank you, God, that during this seat, during this season, and during this 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 this, this time of, of, of being in this series, you've taught us how to worship you. God, thank you for the relationship being renewed. And we honor you tonight. And we thank you tonight. God, I pray tonight for every person in this room tonight that you would breathe on us again. I break the spirit of lethargy and I walk with you. Help us to come on fire and to catch on fire again. Hallelujah. We've been sitting on the side of the road long enough. But tonight, God, give us strength back in our spirit. Give us strength back in our bodies. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for victory tonight. We thank you, God. That even in a stagnant season, we've been seeing your hand. We've been seeing you move like never before. You've been holding us together and keeping us together. But now, God, it's time for activity. It's time for us to see your hand move. It's time for us to be participants with the Holy Ghost and see and understand the flow of God in our lives. God, do something in this house. Do it in this ministry. Let the flow of God, let it come with, with signs and wonders and demonstration of power. In the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight for victory. We honor you tonight. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Father, help us to disconnect from any voice that's not yours. Any voice.
voice that's holding us back. Any person that is an, that, that, that holds an ungodly relationship with us in any way, help us to have, God, spiritual courage to step away. Help us to have spiritual courage to do your will. We want to see, God. We want to we have life that we love. We want to see good days. We want to see it in this, in this season of our lives. We claim that now. We claim good days. We claim to love life in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we exalt you. We lift you above everything else. We lift you above our problems. We lift you above every circumstance. To you be the glory. Hey, I'm not on Hey, to you be dominion power. Honor and glory. Now somebody open your mouth and just begin to love on him. And thank him for his goodness. Come on. Come on, hey! Give myself away. Come on, thank him for his goodness. Come on, thank him for what you're about to see. Come on, thank him for what you're about to see. You're about to see good days. Hey, don't let your heart be troubled. You're about to see good days. I mean, open your mouth and claim it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You're about to see good days. You're about to see good days. You're about to see good days. You're about to step into a life that God is going to make because He's going to show you that you love. Shandara Mahandias. And we bless Him. And we bless Him.